This is the Thrive Podcast with Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. And now, Pastor Fred Jeff Smith. Hello, welcome to the 35th edition of the Thrive Podcast with the Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. I'm Fred Jeff Smith, pastor of Shiloh, and I'm very happy that you took the time to either view or listen to this week's podcast. If you're viewing on YouTube, thank you. If you're listening on iTunes, thank you very much. And I am very happy uh, to have as my guest today, uh, Ms. Shelley Lee, uh, who is uh, the president, founder of Prestige Dance Company, is an educator, is a teacher in uh, the East Baton Rouge Parish school system, is a historian by trade, and is a world traveler because she's soon going to be going to Paris, France. And I don't know if this is the first, second, or third time that you've <laughs> gone overseas, but thank you, Ms. Lee, for taking the time to come and share with us Absolutely. today. Before we started taping, we were having an interesting uh, discussion about charter schools. So before I talk about dance, let's talk about, uh, let, let's continue the discussion on charter schools. I, I am not opposed to charter schools. I do think that I have concerns about charter schools. Uh, uh, I think that as a concept, they're here to stay. They're not going anywhere. So I'm yeah. pragmatic about that. But I, I do have concerns about uh, finite dollars uh, that have been set aside for public schools that are then uh, reshuffled and, and redistributed uh, into what are essentially uh, private schools uh, uh, in, in charters uh, that are allowed to operate on public school dollars. My concern is not the money itself. My concern is that a dollar that goes to a charter school is a dollar that goes away from a traditional public school where I think every dollar is absolutely necessary. We were talking about uh, uh, how the school where you work, Mentorship Academy uh, in downtown Baton Rouge uh, is functioning and uh, g give us your assessment as a teacher uh, and as someone with experience with, with charter and public schools. G give us your assessment, please. Um, I understand where you feel that charters are more private. However, with a private school, they have stricter enrollment requirements and things like that. Whereas at Mentorship Academy, we take, we, it's open enrollment. So we take students with various testing scores. Um, they come from different places all over, EBR, Zachary, Baker, Central, um, I think my biggest thing is that even though we are a charter school, we function just like um, a public school. And you have, um, you have students that are within the parish, so that's within a public school. We bust them, we bust them, all of them, all of our students receive free lunch. Mm -hmm. So um, we have teachers who are held to the same requirements that teachers in public schools are um we have to take the same test that the public schools have to so leap 2025 um which is crazy the the, the name change oh stop 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 <laughs> what's wrong what, what what makes leap 2025 crazy no no no, no. The, the name change <laughs> the I'm, name change i'm, I'm, I'm okay. used to eocs do they still give leap tests at fourth grade and at eighth grade i teach uh, high school Okay. 
So, so yes. when, when my children were in school, they had, there was a fourth grade leap, there was an eighth grade right, leap, right. and then there was what they called at that time the exit exam uh, that you took right. as a junior. Uh, well, you tried to take it as a junior so that you weren't on pins and needles as to whether or not you were going to actually graduate as oh. a senior. Uh, so we had it, to take them. We had to take them as seniors. You took them as seniors. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But um, no, they still. Well, we're ninth through twelfth grade, so okay. we don't do that. But um. Ideally, what they do when uh, some parents choose to move their students from public schools to private schools mm -hmm. is the fact that you get out of that state testing. They don't have to take those to, yes. to matriculate or graduate, yes. whereas at mentorship, we're held at the same standards as um, public schools. And so... So a child who goes to Episcopal High School does not have to take a leap test or, no. an, or an exit exam. No. A child who goes to... Uh, uh, Parkview Baptist right. uh, does not have to take a leap test or a I, I I'm just saying that because I want the public to recognize right. that there are what, distinctions th that, right. that exist. Whereas um, because we are a charter and we fall like our principal has to go to the school board meetings. Like they have to, we have to be in a line in alignment with all EBR school standards. Mm -hmm. Like, the attendance you you're only allowed to miss um 10 days the entire semester that's across the board whereas in public school i mean in private school they can waiver that because they're set on a completely separate charter they have a board that decides their decisions although we have a board that also um that we also have to fall in line with we have to fall in line with our charter board as well as ebr because we have the partnership with the um, with EBR school systems, but our students are required to um, take all of the Leap Twenty Twenty Five slash EOC exams. Mm -hmm. If they don't pass them, they have to repeat the course. I mean, the same guidelines that we follow in EBR school systems, they have to follow that at mentorship as well. Okay. I was saying before we started taping, and, and so to be fair to you, uh, I want to say it uh, while we're taping. Uh, one of the concerns that I have about charter schools in East Baton Rouge is that their record of success has not been significantly better, and in many cases has been worse than the records of success of traditional public schools uh, in East Baton Rouge. I know that people can point to other places where charters have been more successful. That has not been the case in East Baton Rouge Parish. Do you have any thoughts as to why that might be? Um, I'm not 100% I'm not sure. I know our school right now is a B school. And, but I think that that has a lot to do with the caliber of teachers that we have, but also with, um, the idea that I was telling you before, like we're going to meet our student where they are mm -hmm. and then we're going to bring them to where they need to be. Mm -hmm. And if that's, um, we have after school tutoring on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and we feed them and we bust them home. Um, we have various programs and mentoring and, um, scholarship programs and, we just have an amazing staff of individuals where we 
make that connection between school and home. What's the community support system for Mentorship Academy? Is, is it strong? Is it is it normal? Is it uh, subpar? What, what, how would you assess that? That's rough, that particular question, only because of where we're located. Mm-hmm. So we're located in the heart of downtown, right. which isn't... Used to be a Regents Bank building, for those who, who aren't familiar. Right. And so, I mean, there is not necessarily a community there because it's businesses. However, a lot of the businesses that are around us, mm-hmm. they put back into our school. And we have an um, an intern program where our seniors go and work in, in various businesses mm-hmm. around downtown and outside of the area. Like, we have uh, students that go and work at the state capitol. We have students that go and work for um, Arbor Morrow because they're in the... Chase Building across the street. We have students that go and work uh, at the Department of Insurance. A lot of the local businesses downtown really help to mold our students That's to good. be successful and help them attain jobs once they've graduated. Yeah, which I think that's amazing. Yeah. Um, we have a partnership with Southern University, and so. Um, I remember because I was a senior teacher for the last three years and now I'm a freshman teacher. Whew, it's completely different. <laughs> That's completely different. But um, we have a partnership with Southern University mm-hmm. and, uh, and SUSLA. And so what that allows us to do is to uh, waive the application fee for our students to apply to those universities. And that gives our students that step up. Now, here's your, here's your help. Now, what are you going to do to make sure that you're successful mm-hmm. and that you can step above the bar? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's we, we've built a lot of great relationships within the last couple of years, because I want to say this is their sixth, maybe seventh year. OK. And so this is my third year of mentorship. Ballpark it. What's the enrollment of mentorship? Oh, I don't have to ballpark that one. Um, <laughs> 563 students. 563? Yes. Wow. That's a large uh, uh, school. Uh, yes. Large charter school. Mm-hmm. Uh, as charter schools go in East Baton Rouge, that's probably one of the largest? Uh, yes. Okay. I think next to that is probably Madison Prep. Okay. Okay. And uh, the relationship that the schools, that, that the school has uh, with the church community is there one uh because th- this is this is a church podcast so one of the things that i'm interested in is places where the church can plug into the lives of uh, everyday people and, and the things that go on is there a relationship that exists between mentorship academy and uh the churches you guys are right across the street from first baptist church down there i don't know if there's a relationship and i'm not picking on first baptist i'm just asking the question <laughs> uh is, is there is there a church relationship with, um, with with the charters not uh not with the church downtown our we do um baccalaureate Mm-hmm. For our seniors and our principal, uh, Mr. Robert Webb Jr., he um, attends. What is the church on Winburn? Oh, Living Faith. Living Faith. Yeah, I'm sorry. So he um, attends that church, and so every year, um, that week before graduation, we do baccalaureate with um, Living Faith and. They bless the students. They have an amazing service for them. And usually it's the youth service. And so 
um, we have a relationship with that church and especially for our seniors. That's good. What do you teach? I teach world geography and AP world history. Okay. I, I, world geography. Yuck. (laughs) That's all I can say. Hey, hey, I agree with you. I I teach science. When when I was in, (laughs) when I was in seminary, the, the three years of seminary, the class I, 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 I didn't only didn't like it, I despised it, was biblical archaeology and geography. Oh. Having to look at maps all oh, day it. and then having it. to hear the professor talk about digs and, and going and, oh. and, and pulling out artifacts. That and, the, uh, that's the best part. You talk about 60 minutes of pure torture having oh. to sit there and listen and You're watch so slides the whole time <laughs> that it was going on. So, so, uh, do you get to incorporate your love of dance into your work at Mentorship Academy? I am the cheer coach at Mentorship Academy, so I do. Um, I've been coaching cheer for 13 13 years, and so um, we are getting ready for homecoming right now. So uh, my cheerleaders are are preparing for pep rally, and so I do get to um, so Mentorship Academy has a football team? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> for, for, forgive my ignorance. You're in a bank building downtown. There is absolutely no green space as I drive by there. The so, 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 so where the do they practice football? I did, I did not know the Mentorship Academy had a football team. Yes, yes. Um, we have an amazing athletic program. Thank okay. You. Um, they practice at Memorial Stadium and okay. at um, McKinley Middle. Okay. They use their field. and um, Yeah. How's the football team doing? We, got, we have a new head coach, uh, Coach Keith Woods, and he is amazing, and he has an amazing coaching staff. Um, this is his first year at Mentorship Academy, so okay. the boys are looking great. It's been rough. It's been rough. Our, uh, our lineup – we play some huge schools. Mm-hmm. We play West Feliciana, U High. Okay. Um, we play against Madison Prep, which is our rival. Okay. That was a rough game. That was a rough game. Um, we played Baker for their homecoming. Okay. That was a rough one, too. Byron Wade, uh, who has also been a guest uh, here with this yeah, podcast. That's my boy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't hear a record in all of that. But when no, I asked I, you how, how you're doing, yeah, I, I, no, I, I never heard what the record no, was. No, we I, have I, we have no wins right now. Okay. But um, it's a rebuilding year for us. Sure. So, but I believe in Coach Woods. He is amazing. He has done a great job with our boys so far, and I think that we're gonna go great places. So I'm ready. So, and I guess this might be outside of your purview, but I'm just curious. Uh, in that you are a charter school and you can draw from all over the parish, you're more like a private school than a public school, whereas because public schools can only draw uh, athletes from within particular uh, oh, no, attendance no, no, no. zones. We, oh, no, we're the same. We, we have to fall within the same. So we're not like a private school at all. Like private schools can go out and recruit and right. things like that. We can't do any, we fall under LHSAA guidelines, just like everybody else. Okay. And so if they are within our attendance zone, because we fall within uh, Tara's attendance zone, okay. if they are outside of it, the students have to sit out a year. They can't play. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it, we, 
We okay. get stuck with the same well, that's that tough. everybody else. Who that, you telling? That, <laughs> it, I coach, it, it, it I coach, limits what, what you're able to do. I coach softball, so believe okay. me when I tell you. <laughs> okay, okay. The struggle is real. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you, you, you teach history, you teach geography, you're the cheerlead uh, uh, coach, and you coach With softball. softball. Yeah. That's a full-time uh, uh, job, and you haven't left mentorship. So, where do you get the time for uh, prestige dance? Man, I have an amazing support system. My family is so supportive of me, and they... They're just amazing. I have uh, an amazing brother, Richard Noel Lee Ivy, and um, we have a t-shirt business together, Creative Tees Plus. Really? Yes. And so we, um, he is my best friend, and we do everything like together. And like we raise that. our kids together, and we run our businesses together. Mm-hmm. And so I have him, I have my dad, my stepdad. Your dad, who happens to be the mayor of yes. Port Allen, Louisiana, mm-hmm. where you're a native. Absolutely. The West Side is <laughs> the West Side. <laughs> yes. But um, just, I have an amazing support system. And so they help me build my brand. They help me with raising my kids i have two beautiful daughters addison and aubrey uh they're six and 12. give me strength yes <laughs> yes but um the lord knew what he was doing he gave me boys uh my 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 sister had two girls uh they're five years apart so i that's close to what you did mm-hmm. my brother has three girls the lord blessed me with two boys uh, and uh, I, I think he knew what he was doing. I always said I wanted two boys and a girl, but uh, uh, it's know. not for everybody. <laughs> like there, there's a special place for for people like us who <laughs> have girls. Yeah, a house full of girls is is even rougher. But yeah, yeah, it's a it's an experience. Um, my mom, uh, my mom passed this uh, year on Mother's Day, I'm and sorry. she. She raised me to be this amazing woman that I am. <laughs> yes. And so <laughs> I sense that you are an amazing woman. And uh, she, my mom, I am a reflection of my mother. My mother could do anything. She could make glamour out of a grain of rice. It was, <laughs> um, we have this event planning. A business called um, Your Elegant Moment. And so that's where we started out. Um, it was me, my mom, and my brother. And we started with birthday parties. And then it grew from birthday parties to small events for our church because mm-hmm. I grew up at uh, Scotts United Methodist Church in Port Allen. Okay. And um, we started with doing these little small programs with Christmas with Santa, uh, Breakfast with Santa. And mm-hmm. we did breakfast and toys and all kinds of things. And then People were like, hey, how did you do that? Hey, do you think you can do my kid's birthday party? And so we went from birthday parties to um, weddings. And we turned the community center. If you've ever been to West uh, 
to West Baton Rouge Parish Community Center yes. in Port Allen. Yes. It's a gymnasium. Yes. They play basketball there. Yes. We turned that into the Taj Mahal <laughs> <laughs> for it with weddings and draping the ceilings and the whole nine. And now uh, we get called out to do proms and homecoming dances and cotillions and balls and all kinds of things. And that's when me and my brother first started out and we created our businesses underneath this umbrella of my mom. And so now we just do everything. Okay. So let's talk about that uh, because that, that was, I wasn't prepared for you to, to tell me that you were a businesswoman. I I knew that you were an educator, a historian, a dancer. (laughs) Uh, Not, not, now you're telling me that you're also a businesswoman. What's the atmosphere like for a double minority business person in the greater Baton Rouge area? You're, you're a minority because you're African-American. You're a minority because you're a woman. What's the atmosphere like as, as a double minority businesswoman? It's, it's, it's rough and it's touch and go because, um, you know that what you bring to the table is just as qualified and adequate and successful as um, this male or this Caucasian person. But then you see me and then it's, oh, thank you so much, but we'll get back to you. Or So they treat you differently on the phone or through right. uh, uh, media correspondence than they do when they see you in when person. When they see me in person, like you'll talk on the phone with me and you know, I'm amazing mm-hmm. over the phone and I have this bubbly personality and we can have this engaging conversation and and you know, it's, oh, I can't wait to meet you and mm-hmm. I'm so eager to have your business and then we get face to face and it's, oh, hi. And a lot of people know me as Shelly Lee, but my name is Rochelle Lee. And so um, you you get you you hear Shelly Lee over the phone and you get business cards with Shelly Lee because um, when I was younger and I was uh, first starting my business out with dance and things like that. And you saw Rochelle Lee on the card and it's Rochelle Lee. Well, that name doesn't. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe a Rochelle or a Rachel, mm-hmm. but you see Rochelle, and then the the uh, the atmosphere and the interaction became different. And so, um, when I was growing up, people would say my first and last name together, and I don't know why they were doing that. Rochelle, uh, Rochelle, Rochelle, and so that's where I got the Shelley from. And so I started going by Shelley. Okay. So then you get Shelley over the phone, and her her voice. She's very articulate, and her um, she's um engaging and she's amazing and oh I can't wait to meet you and then you see me in person and it's you're taken aback because this person you were talking over the phone with didn't sound like an African American woman mm-hmm. and so you you get different interactions sometimes. I imagine that can be very discouraging and hurtful and angering. Very. So how do you? rise above the anger and the hurt or do you utilize the anger and the hurt in order to achieve um 
it depends on the circumstance. Sometimes you just have to rise above it and put on that extra touch Mm -hmm. of something, Mm -hmm. of that pizzazz that my mom gave me because that was the kind of person my mom was. My mom... My mom worked for the mayor of Port Allen, well, before my dad mm-hmm. became the mayor, but she worked for them for years, and she had this amazing relationship with all of these different people from all different walks of life, and it was really present at her funeral. I mean, the place was packed. There were people outside because she just had this amazing um, connection with people, and so I embody that when I go into these blindsided meetings Mm -hmm. and um, proposals for my business. And although they see this African-American woman sitting across the table from them, when they really get to interact with me and see this amazing person on the other side of the color of my skin, then they can do nothing but you know, slide their money across the table or give me their business or Mm want to do partnerships with me to better their brand or better Mm -hmm. their business. And Mm so rarely do I get meet with, um, you know, the brick wall when it comes with business, but you're able to overcome it. Yes. But when I do, I just take that and I make sure that the next time Mm -hmm. that I'm better prepared. Mm -hmm. Like what can I, where did I fall short in this particular engagement, mm-hmm. where did I fall short? It can't always be about the fact that I'm a woman or the fact that I'm African-American. Mm-hmm. I have to bring something to the table that wows them beyond them seeing all, all of this, as I tell my kids, mm-hmm. all of this. So, One of the things that, that I regularly complain about uh, where business is concerned, where uh, professionals are concerned, uh, doctors, lawyers, architects, accountants, uh, where institutions are concerned, mm-hmm. uh, high schools, colleges, universities, and where the church is concerned, is that if you are African American, the pool of resources from which you can draw, or the pool of potential clients, I guess that's a better way of saying it, the resources, mm-hmm. is, is finite. It is. Uh, very seldom do Caucasians or non-African-Americans readily engage in business with African-Americans. That's true across the spectrum. And I I don't think that that can be denied. Uh, Whereas uh, white businesses, white schools, white churches, white uh, professionals, doctors, lawyers, what have you, their pool is is larger. Right. And and includes African-Americans. Uh, our pool is decidedly smaller, Very much and so. and and so the 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 opportunities for success are are smaller as well because of that. As a businesswoman and and facing that reality on on a daily basis, how do you overcome that? Um, I think the most important thing that I can do is not I have to make myself marketable and so I don't I don't necessarily believe in just making sure that 
I am acceptable for the African-American community. Mm -hmm. And um, not that I don't think that that is, because I a, a lot of my dance friends, like they have studios and they make, they want to focus on educating African-American dancers, mm -hmm. which I think is amazing. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to limit my own growth mm -hmm. or my own business. I danced at Louisiana State University. Mm -hmm. I danced for Southern University. Mm -hmm. I was accepted to Juilliard. I did all of these things, but that's because I wanted to make sure that I was well-rounded for what I wanted to achieve. Mm -hmm. And so when I market myself and market my business, I market it for every for every potential client. Mm -hmm. And I think that's extremely important for any business. You don't want to limit yourself. Although I want to make sure that um, African-American dancers are given the best education, mm -hmm. I'm going to make sure they're given the best education as well as giving it to everybody else. And I just, I, that's just my personal preference. But mm -hmm. I, I went to private school. I went to a predominantly white private school. Mm -hmm. I I chose to go to Louisiana State University, whereas mm -hmm. a lot of my classmates looked down on me because I chose to go to LSU instead of going to Southern first. Mm -hmm. And I just, I felt that I wanted to get the entire experience. Sure. My, my, my concern, I went to LSU too. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a 1983 graduate of, of the Louisiana State University. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, she said the Southern University before we got started, so I just want to say the Louisiana State <laughs> University. Uh, but, but my concern is not how we see ourselves, but how others see us. Uh, uh, Shiloh is a, is a full-service church, and, and, and yet the pool from which we draw is decidedly African-American. Uh, now, if you come on a Sunday morning, you might see sprinkled in one of our, our worship experiences one or two white people. Our doors are open to anyone and everyone of, of any ethnic background, which historically cannot be said by other churches nope. uh, uh, across this state. Right. Uh, Shiloh never had a, a, a closed-door policy that said you couldn't come because you were of a different race. Other churches can't say the same. But in the year of our Lord, 2018, it is still uh, a rarity for Caucasians or Hispanics or Asians to cross over into a, a, an African-American church or an African-American business or, or contract the services of African-American entrepreneurs, whereas it is not a rarity at all for African-Americans to contract with people of different ethnicities. And I am because that is a reality, it makes the pool of resources from which you can draw decidedly smaller. Oh, definitely. I think as for us to be able to bring in um, more non-whites in any aspect would be to make sure that when you're out promoting yourself or promoting your business or or asking people to come and fellowship, it's you have to go out into their communities mm -hmm. and 
do that just like we want to go out into the black community and we want to encourage people to come in and like at rose hill we go and evangelize in port allen Mm -hmm. and um pastor maurice is amazing when it comes to that because he wants to make sure that we can bring in those people of port allen but it doesn't matter what side because in port allen we have you got the black side right you got the white side sure but it does it, it doesn't matter what side we're one Port Allen. So we're going to evangelize across the board and hope for the best. Mm-hmm. And you you might not get um, the best greeting on the other side because the majority of them are Catholic. However, just because they do, they're not Baptist doesn't mean that we're not going to go knock on a door anyway and, sure. you know, and, and invite them to our worship service or we give, um, we give away free gas during uh, Easter holiday, I want to say that. And so we give out free gas to whoever pulls up. Mm-hmm. We're not going to only do it for Baptist people. We're mm-hmm. not only going to do it for the blacks. Anybody that pull up to the tanks um, between that certain time period, we're going to, because we're, we're spreading our goodwill and our love out to whoever is willing to take it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the same thing that we have to do when it comes to our business. No, I'm not going to... Um, only go out into the black communities and just publicize my business or just give out my business cards at um, African-American events. I want to get out there and I want to set up a booth at anybody's event. Sure. You know, uh, any church, any, um, like we do, they have the mistletoe market. And so we set up a booth at mistletoe market. We go out to... um, where is it? Out in Gonzales, and they have their uh, their fair out in Gonzales. We mm-hmm. go set up a booth out in Gonzales just mm-hmm. because my business is centrally located in the Baton Rouge area. I'm not going to limit myself by only focusing here because I had a dance studio in Zachary, and so um, I my um my enrollment at my studio was 60 plus kids but it was a mixture but out there was it was i had predominantly white really that's good that's excellent i had predominantly white um students there who saw you as a dancer right and it wasn't not an african-american no and i thought that was amazing and Mm -hmm. but when i moved my business to baton rouge and i understood my parents couldn't drive all the way from zachary into baton rouge and so opening out here has been an experience because uh there are a lot of already well-established dance studios out in the baton rouge area Mm -hmm. but Still in all, I'm not going to limit myself to only offering um, dance styles that are just going to be interesting to African-American dancers. I'm going to offer the full range. I'm going to offer ballet and jazz and hip-hop and modern and contemporary and okay let's talk about that because because I I don't want to miss out on anything. You, you, You clearly have a very colorful and 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 wonderful life with with a million, a million different experiences <laughs> uh and and the first thing that that i learned about you was about the dance and yet it's it's like number five on the list of things that we have talked about absolutely you you attended juilliard mm. and uh you you are a professional dancer and you teach people how to dance 
can you teach somebody who's never been able to dance uh, and has no coordination and has three left feet how to dance? Absolutely. I'm talking about myself, by the way. Absolutely. I, I have no talent. My wife will tell you I have absolutely no talent when it comes to dance at all. So you're looking at your 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 most difficult uh, prospect right mm -hmm. here. Is it possible to, for you to be able to teach somebody as uncoordinated as 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 ridiculously uh, uh, inept as I am? How to dance? Hey, there is a dancer in everyone. Doesn't matter how small it is. <laughs> really? You really there, believe that? There's a dancer. That, that, in that's everybody. not just height. There, there, no, there is a dancer not, in everyone. Hey, you got you have, you have feet. Not seen me dance. You have feet. <laughs> yes. Or you you are a dancer. Anyone can dance now. How coordinated your steps are is completely different. But anybody, <laughs> as long as you can move your feet, you can dance. My wife says I don't get on the right beat. She says that every now and then something will come on at home and I'll actually try to move. And she says, please stop. <laughs> please don't. Hey, so let me tell you, let me tell you something. I think that my, my degree in education mm -hmm. has really shaped me to be a better dance instructor okay. because to, to teach high school for one, mm -hmm. you have to have the patience of of any you need to have the patience mm -hmm. and so I started teaching kids at the age of three and I have my own kids and when I go home I'm just like alright girls just, <laughs> mama need a minute mama need a minute but when I'm in a dance studio my three year olds are the most spastic and then it's like, it's 5.30 in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And so their teachers just gave them suckers and candy. And so they're the sugar all, kicks in. Right, they're like, Rawr! and so they're like all over the place. And, but I have such patience with them. Mm -hmm. And um, like in my classroom, I'm very hands-on. So we're gonna have an activity. So the kids come to class knowing there's an activity. And so you have to make dance fun. It can't just be about the dance you have to meet people where they are even mm -hmm. you <laughs> and you need to bring them where they need to be and mm -hmm. so if you need to do a waltz for uh the waltz for your son's wedding or something i'm gonna take you where you are right over there mm -hmm. and i'm gonna bring you all the way over here <laughs> where you need to be because you and your wife have to do this amazing dance on the floor every two years shiloh has a christmas gala uh, I'm assuming we're going to do it again uh, in 2019. Part of the Christmas gala is that the pastor and his wife lead off in in the dance. Uh, so have you just sat down forever? No, oh, I, okay. I, I, I I did the dance, but my wife gave me very specific instructions. She Stay said, right here, she Stay. "Yes, you, you must Stay. have been there. That, that, those <laughs> were the you're rules. Gonna, gonna stay right, stay here. right here. Absolutely <laughs> correct." And I did that for about two minutes, and then I, I stepped aside, gave people a nice laugh, and, 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 and stepped aside. This year, I'd, I'd like to be able to actually dance. Absolutely. And, and so, and so I'm, I'm going to be calling upon you to see uh, just how, how wonderful a teacher you are, because if you can teach me how to actually look not spastic on a, a dance floor. Absolutely. Then, then that's, that, that's something that I look forward to. But you know what? What I think you should actually do is I think that you should 
maybe we could do maybe three or four sessions, but mm -hmm. in, invite your congregation, like invite couples to come because it's more fun for you actually and for there, there, there is a cup there's a dance that goes on where couples dance and they are all wonderful and they, then there's they, you they, 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 and, and then there's me absolutely <laughs> and, and that's a whole different yeah. story all together uh, uh well, well we'll talk about that absolutely. but as a dancer uh and, and as, as a person uh who enjoys the wide spectrum of dance uh what is it about dance that you think draws people uh, together? Dance is, is connected to music and, and rhythms and things of that sort. It, it seems to be something that uh, causes people uh, to lose a lot of, of, of their tribalism and uh, it's something that people can agree upon and, and has the ability, the power to bring uh, diverse people together. together. Yeah. I think it's the story. I think it's the emotion that happens when when people get together. Like we can have um, a block party, mm -hmm. um, and the Cupid Shuffle comes on, and everybody's running out. It doesn't matter if we were fighting last week or if you know if your trees leaves fell over in my yard, and you know we're all mad at each other. When that song comes on, it people tend to forget about what they're angry about. It's about the emotion, that that fun, that excitement you get when you're moving your body. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be the gyrating and the twerking and everything. It's it's that that feeling you get that first time you learned how to do that, that move. Or maybe it's my grandmother used to do this dance with me. Or I remember me and my dad doing um I, I used to dance on my dad's feet mm -hmm. and and we did this father-daughter dance music and dancing just has this relationship um but it brings people together mm -hmm. and when people are on a stage I think that's the thing that I get excited about the most is like putting on a show for people and then sharing my my story through dance with my audience mm -hmm. like my music cannot have words but then people feel what I felt when I was making this choreography mm -hmm. they get to engage in this story that I want to tell them about um, that one time at cheer camper <laughs> or the the day I had my daughter I, I felt this emotion and this joy and no my dance might not have anything to do with me giving birth to my daughter, but that that excitement and that uh, that moment of scariness, and then that moment of bliss when I got to hold my daughter for that first time, and I hear it in this music, mm -hmm. and then I have this choreography, and I have my students perform it, and for my audiences to to feel all of those different things when they see that piece, or when they're doing this dance, or or when they're watching it like that's what i get out of dance and that's what i want people to experience when they're either learning my choreography or they're watching my show or they're watching their kids dance mm -hmm. in my show i want them to feel that so i have heard some people describe music singing performing 
uh, music or dance as spiritual experiences. Is that something that you would agree with? Oh, would absolutely. Would you call it a spiritual experience? When I, when I turn on music, I close my eyes mm -hmm. and I can see different colors and I can, it, it just takes me to a completely different place. And I, I feel like even though I have all of these different businesses and different talents, like dance was that one thing that, that God instilled in me. Like that is what he gave me mm -hmm. purpose for. Mm -hmm. And that is my biggest connection with the world. And so it has that for me. Mm -hmm. And that's my way of giving back to anybody. Even I, I do, I give free lessons. I do workshops. I do all of these different things because I feel like that's my way to give back because mm -hmm. this was my gift. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know I'm amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you are amazing. You know. <laughs> one, one final topic, because I'm out of time, uh, and I really appreciate your taking the time uh, with us. You're a member of Rose Hill, uh, Port Allen. Absolutely. Uh, Rose Hill Westside. Uh, Pastor James Maurice. Pastor of mine. James Maurice. Good guy. Uh, Rose Hill is an outgrowth of Rose Hill Baton Rouge, Pastor Donnie Donaldson, another very good friend oh, of mine. Oh, amazing. One of the things that, uh, that I find interesting about Rose Hill is the church's ability to draw and retain young people. In a day and a time when young people uh, tend to be shying away from church, from, from, an, from an organized church setting, uh, Rose Hill seems to have found a way, along with Beacon Light, uh, seems to have found a way to maintain, to, to, to actually grow young people within their church. Uh, I, I went to Rose Hill on, on Acadian a couple years back. Uh, Pastor Donaldson invited me to something. And literally, other than his parents, I was the oldest guy in the room, and the church was full. And that's an, that's an unusual experience in, in an African-American church setting uh, to see so many young people. And, and they're not just there. They are enthusiastically oh, involved absolutely. in the worship experience. And so as a member of Rose Hill, tell me what, what is it about the Rose Hill experience that, that, that seems to be such a drawing card for, for young Man. adults? I grew up Catholic and Methodist. Mm -hmm. That is what I grew up. And um, my aunt, MIT, Myrna Baptiste, she invited me to church. And this was before she came, became MIT. She invited me to church and she was like, just come out. Just because I was very lost. Um, I ended a five year engagement um, and I didn't know, I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. Mm -hmm. And um, I went to visit Rose Hill, Port Allen, and Pastor Donaldson was the pastor then. And man, I sat in there and I was in awe because I could not believe growing up Catholic and Methodist, just I was listening to this man behind that podium and I was like, what, what is this I'm hearing? I'm, mm -hmm. He's speaking to my soul. I'm telling you, like, that day, 
I joined the church that day. Mm-hmm. I and I'd never stepped foot in a Baptist church a day in my life. And this was when they opened they had first opened the um Rose Hill Port Allen. And um maybe a a year later, Pastor Maurice um uh, became the pastor of the church. But I remember the day that he came and um he preached and I was like he told us his story mm-hmm. and I think that's the biggest thing like there's no sugarcoating the lifestyle they lived before they got their calling mm-hmm. and they make that connection with the kids and 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 not just kids but the young adults mm-hmm. cuz I'm still young I don't care what people say <laughs> they they make that connection and they and it's just like I say, they meet you where you are. Mm-hmm. And it's not a I'm I'm gonna talk down to you kind of experience. It's a I've been where you are and mm-hmm. you can you can get where you wanna be. You can leave that worldly life and you can come to the kingdom of heaven. You can and it doesn't take much. It just takes you wanting to be a better version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And they have the most amazing way of making you feel like, I yeah, I've lived I've lived my worldly life, but that doesn't define who I am. Mm-hmm. And at any moment, I can drop that and be a better version of myself. And the church is within me. It's not just this building. Sure. And I feel like growing up, we were always made to believe that church was was this place mm-hmm. you know but church is everywhere that i go and it's me professing my faith and encouraging others to you know come and and live this life like mm-hmm. you don't it doesn't have to be about um just showing up on on holidays mm-hmm. it can you can you can be a good christian and still live your life but live your life according to uh, to God mm-hmm. and I don't know just they always make me feel that yeah the life I was living before I was saved it, it was bad but there, it's never as bad as people make you believe that you can never be a better version of yourself mm-hmm. and I think that that's where they make that connection like yeah your your street life was bad but come on Come on, you can let that go. It takes time. Nobody's telling you you have to stop that life right now because mm-hmm. that's where I think a lot of people, when they go into rehab and things, you you stop. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people fall back into that lifestyle because they they stopped abruptly and they didn't take that process. It takes time, mm-hmm. and you have to come willingly. A lot of people are forced to make this 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 life changing decision. Mm-hmm. But I think that you have to. Come visit. You can sit at the back. It's fine. Be at the back. But then you're going to start moving closer <laughs> and closer and closer. And I just think that that's what it is. You clearly are excited about your church. And, I am. I love and it. about your life. I you're am. going to Paris. I understand. Woo-hoo. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, uh, business, pleasure, combination. What is it? Combination, history. <laughs> I know how you feel. Maps, <sighs> well, archaeological sites. <laughs> 
Somebody has to do it. So I'm glad that it gets to be you. Thank you so much for taking the time to share with us today. I have enjoyed this conversation. I hope you'll come back again. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Thank you for listening. Thank you for viewing. We'll be back next time.